Hey, welcome to Preferred Lives, everyone, the official podcast of New Hampshire Golf. I'm your host, Dave Long, with Matt and Scott, both with us today. We have a big show on the docket. We have a little, since Matt wasn't with us last week, we have a little rehash of the PGA Tournament, get some of his thoughts on that that Scott and I went over last week, uh, some usual and unusual news and notes. The Memorial is this week, and Dublin in uh, Muirfield Village in Dublin, Ohio, and I know that's a favorite of Scott's. The big story that we're going to talk about today was, I don't know if it's really a big story, but it was on the front page of the New York Post yesterday about uh, 10 to 15 players talking about boycotting either next year or this year's U.S. Open over objections to the USGA and the way they handle things. We'll get to that. We have a semi-lightning round, semi because it won't be just one person, it'll be two people answering the questions. Yeah, instead of lightning, why don't we just call it the rain? Because <laughs> we don't have much <laughs> yeah, lightning. That's we pretty, just call it the rain. pretty apt. It's not hot <laughs> enough to have lightning. Although uh, in other parts of the country it is. And then uh, we are going to lead off with some update on the State Amateur Golf Tournament as uh, qualifying started this week. But first, let me say uh, our presenting sponsor of Preferred Lives is Golf and Ski Warehouse for the best selection, service, and savings Swing by Golf and Ski Warehouse in Hudson, Greenland, and West Lebanon in New Hampshire, and Scarborough, Maine. Learn more about all that and get directions. I was going to call them great directions to uh, those locations at Golf Ski Warehouse. Let's hope they're great. Do you guys sell left-handed push carts? (laughs) Yes. Good to know. Noted. My friend Greg Al needs one. Okay, so I don't... Here's here's a fun one to start with, and I apologize if you guys did this last week, but I don't know if you heard, but apparently in some sports books, you can get the over-under on majors for Kepka at 7.5 for his career. Oh, for his career. When we were talking about that uh, last week. Well, if it's through the end of the year, I would say under. <laughs> oh, through the end of the year. <laughs> I think it stops. The bet stops when he turns fifty. I think so. He's what twenty nine. Yep. So he's got twenty times four. So is that eighty left? Will he yeah. win four of them? Boy, that's I mean, I I would say yes, but wouldn't you have yeah, said yes? So the one thing we discussed, which is relative to what you're asking, which is, is he on a good run? Or is he this good? Right, because that's if kind I of the same thing. if I gave you the same number, the same over under when McElroy won his fourth, what four years ago? All day long, you would have said yes. And right now, you'd be saying, well, "Why did I make that bet?" Yep, I totally agree with. I that. mean, it's a great. Obviously, they know what they're doing, but I think seven and a half is a great number. I would probably take the over. Why not? For as much time as he has to do it. Well, if you're in a hurry, take the over. If you're if you're <laughs> waiting for a twenty year payoff, you can take the under because you can't. You know, mm-hmm. but. You know, four is a lot. You know, it is. I, I got a list of all the people. I mean, there are what is it now? There are he's won four the last nineteen year. players in the history of the game who have won more than four. Mm-hmm. Nineteen. That's not very many. No, it's not. And you know, how many, many had four at twenty nine? Ten. Ten of them. Ten. There are ten people at four majors. There are nineteen players at five or better. Now, what I'm saying is, how many of them? Had four by the time they were twenty nine. Oh, Phil didn't. I mean, very few, if any. Yeah, right. So right. that gives but him that's, a up. Yeah, but you know the nature of golf, right? I mean, I think Matt's. That's a great bet. It's a great question. Um, you know, because he's so hot, because he's the front page news. It's hard not to think it's going to be more. But I also think it's the nature of him a little bit. I mean, would you be surprised if he won three more in the next five years and said, you know what? 
I'm, that's it. I'm calling it a career. I'm, I would be not surprised if he won three more in the next five years, but I think he has now put it out there that he wants to win double digits, and so therefore he's not going anywhere. And if he wins three more in that short period of time, you're probably right. He's looking at yeah. he's looking at Tiger. He's looking at Jack. Right? By the way, so, here's another thing that bothers me. I shouldn't say it bothers me, but how come people complain? And I get it. It got interesting on the back nine on Sunday. But people complain that it was boring. If Tiger was doing that, people wouldn't have said it was boring. People would say this is a this is a dominant performance. The guy's so much better than everybody else. And I know people were saying that. But there's this feeling that when what Kepka was doing was boring to some extent. I mean, he shot 63-65. exactly what Tiger was doing, and nobody thought it was boring. Right. The ratings went up, the yeah. larger the lead was. And so it's hard not to argue that it's a personality thing. Probably. And, you know, he isn't... It's gonna. I was gonna say he's not terribly magnetic, but you know, in some ways, Tiger didn't really make a lot of effort with anybody mm-hmm. either. His greatness was enough. Well, yeah. but, but he also the crowd was behind him. The Why? excitement came. Why? Well, I, I'm not because he was so good, so young. I think, and because you know he came, he was. People wanted to see if he was great right away. He was. He won his first first Masters as a pro, right? When he, that was that, I mean, that was, after he turned pro, it wasn't the first fall. Yes. What I'm saying is, in the fall of '96, yes. and then in '97 he won. So the first Masters as a pro for him, uh, he wins. Yeah. So, so he, your point well, his hype was out of the uh, was out of off the charts. Right? Well, people, so, well, people rooted for him because we were all told to. Kepka right? had no hype. In fact, was on the European Challenge yeah, Tour. Yeah, exactly. Near, what, five years, whatever it was. Maybe yeah, I think there's something to be said for that. So the hype, I think, probably says a lot. Well, I think the race with Jack was on from the fir- from his first you know, win at, the, at uh, Augusta. And at that point, because he was so young, that by itself gave it energy. Right. And, and he's, when he's got it really, when he had it really rolling, um, you know, he, there, he could feel the heat surged off the crowd. Or maybe the crab, but you know when he made that that. But chip, to Matt's point, why is there no surge for for Kepka when right. he's up by five? I mean, people. I don't think people realize how good his first two rounds. I mean, really, all four rounds, if we're being honest. But his first two rounds, when you, you look at say part of two, maybe the golf course, because it wasn't because <laughs> in some respects, as a spectator, it's sort of a boring golf course. I it don't suggest be. for a second it was a boring course, but. But it, you know, there's no, there were no drivable par fours. Right there, I mean, the par fives weren't really, you know, I mean, so, and and a lot of the holes looked fairly similar to mm-hmm. each other in a sense. If you're off, so you know, there's probably a bunch of reasons, but you know, it's oh, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, if he shoots, PGA. if he shoots those kind of scores at the U.S. Open in the first two rounds at an iconic golf course, probably carries a little more weight right. than right. doing it at at Bethpage. I'm not sure he's, but I think it back to personality. I'm not sure he's. I mean, you don't. You don't. He's not you, charismatic. He's not charismatic. He doesn't exude energy. Now, I started to say that that shot to Tiger, that chip when he was in trouble. I think it was on 15. The one that he and he big long uh, at, at Augusta, big long ball when it just trickled down and and uh, what's his name? Uh, Vern Lundquist goes, oh my, when it fell in. You know, Tiger, if you shot the Tiger, that he's got that arm in the air, the crowd's going crazy, and uh, or when he made that putt against Bob May in the PGA to beat him in the over, same kind of thing. That, I would say, might not be his personality, but he did ride the excitement of the crowd, and I thought drew, drew more out of it. 
and I'm not even a big fan, but um, even got me going on those things. So. I mean, you know, I guess you're you're just never going to get that out of Kepka on the golf course. He's just not. He's not built that way. I mean, Roy, Roy doesn't... Here's another thought, too. When Tiger was coming up, if you will, in his early years, there was sort of a, a void. You know, it was sort of... There wasn't anyone who was necessarily mm. taken. There were a lot of different people who did well, but nothing like a Jack or a Watson. Yeah. Whereas Kepka's got to battle Tiger. Tiger didn't really have someone like that. Yeah. And so maybe there's part of that is that people well, still want Tiger to win. Yeah, and I mean, I would I would say you know Tiger's obviously back and having won a major, and you've got a lot of other big personalities on tour. What does back mean? Back playing? <laughs> I don't know. I'm asking. You said Tiger's back. What does I, I meant back playing? I mean, he's yeah. you know a, a I would say he's not back to where he was. No, right? no, no. Right. I think just that he's look. Playing we're going to see him week in, in and, week not week in and week out, but we're going to see him on a more consistent basis than when he was not playing and a lot of us thought he would never play again. And more of a threat to win. Over the, in his last three of the last four, he was, you know, either, even if he wasn't in it in the British Open, he did come in second, he came in second in the British Open. Anyway, uh, so uh, he, he's back in the mix, yeah. I guess is a better yeah. way to say. Okay. Um, all right, you guys, I will tell you this, you have completely blown my uh, outline here in terms of how to start and where to go. That's so so would you take the over I've done it. on seven and a half? I would at this point take the over. I think it's smart money at this point. I would, it sure, sure seems like it. But again, to the point, would you have with Rory at the end of 2014? You and he's... Said, Absolutely. And would you today? Absolutely not. You'd be shaking your head and saying, how can you he not win another major? To take the over. That's yeah. right. So why is that? I mean, what? Why? Why does that happen? Certain, you know, as you say, he he looked like he was going for double digits. Well, he hasn't played as well as he did. Yeah, but why does that happen? It seems like there's more lulls in golf at the top. I think than there you, is in you are sports. You have most people have a short window of their best play, and it's only the elite who have a larger window of their best play. That's why you look at the majors. That's why you don't get people past four, five, and six. Is because their window is relatively short. It's only the Jackson yeah. Tigers who make it a twenty-year window. Yeah, it's it's hard, and yeah. I mean, Roy sort of fell in love with working out. I think just you know, posting Instagram videos in the gym. But I mean, ultimately, he's not a great wedge player, and he's not a great putter. And so yeah, one but you know what? Blew the field away. He and he, but he top tended at the PGA for as bad as it seemed like he played. I remember I yeah. texted my dad and said, "That's a sneaky top ten for Rory." All of a sudden, he yeah, played good on Sunday. And there, which look, who cares about top tens? Ultimately, he's had. I think he's had a better year this year than he has. Well, I think he's playing better than he did. Certainly in the last couple of years. But, you know, geez, I don't think of him. I don't. I don't. I mean, I think he's got three or four favorites at Pebble Beach. No, I mean he's he's. It seems like he's got a serious mental block at Augusta. For as much as he wants to win. It's a lot of pressure. Yep. Every year it's going to be like that for him. I mean, when history's knocking on your door. It'll be interesting to see how he does at at Portrush this year. How old is he? Kind of a home game. He's just turned 30. 30, yeah. 30. So he's in the same realm as uh, Kapka. Correct. Although he came came, um, on... Onto the, the the elite level, the top level of the game, but at a younger age than mm-hmm. he did. Well, look, inevitable. I think for those younger guys who win a lot early, like Rory did, everybody's wants to crown them as the next Tiger, and we're not going to probably see anybody like that who's going to have, to Scott's point, that sustained level of success over. I mean, 
what, so he won his last one before this Masters in 08, and he won his first one in 97. I just don't think we're going to see anything like that. That's, see, that's greatness. Four yes. wins is, that's great, but you probably did it, four majors, you probably did it in a relatively smaller window. Yeah. I'll say one other thing about uh, Kepka and the charisma factor, etc. When Jack Nicholas started a million years ago, 50 years ago, uh, he wasn't a fan favorite. I mean, Arnold was in the same kind of the way that Tiger might suck the energy out of uh, of the crowd. They looked at him as a guy who was is going to, you know, right. put his so, dent into Arnold. So, so it wasn't his charisma that got people that that resonated. It was his greatness. Yeah, and people, so Kepka may get there with more right. and more majors. And then they, they, he drew them to this. He kept winning. It right. was like then, and they got more used to him. And he went through the when he lost the weight. That was another thing right. about him. Uh, he he became more of a fan favorite, and as Palmer started to recede, he went past Palmer first when Palmer was still playing, and then Palmer, you know, stopped being a top guy, and uh, you know he became a fan favorite. So maybe that's the way it's going to happen for Kepka if he keeps winning. I mean, I think people gravitate towards greatness. I mean, I, honestly, I wanted to see him shoot sixty five, sixty five on the weekend, and just. You know, you sort of figured that could happen, and I think there's. It would have been something to watch that that dominant of a performance. Now it got interesting enough that it was entertaining on Sunday afternoon on the back nine. But I think there's something to be said when you see somebody, and I think all of us at golfers, just imagine what it must be like to be that dialed in on the biggest stage in the world against the best players, and you can't even fathom. And you have one good day on the golf course, and typically the next day you play like garbage. And to see somebody like that who just, I mean, well, is that dialed in? It's, it's impressive. How about this factor? When he's got um, such a big lead going into Sunday, does he lose a little bit of the mental edge, the mental intensity that goes along with it that may or may not have uh, played a role in the back nine? Of course, he didn't start going down to one, 11th hole, 12th hole. I think there's four bogeys in a row, but but you know I have always felt uh, I'll have my one other sport reference teams in other sports like basketball that go with a double digit lead. I always would have preferred a nine point lead to an eleven point lead because there's a mental there's a mental thing that I would see in many teams that I've done. I mean millions of games that I've done, and there always seemed to be a little bit of a difference mentally, or at least in some teams. So. Look, Maybe it's hard not to stand on the first tee knowing you you only have eighteen holes left and mm-hmm. you got a five shot lead. Yeah. That is, for better or worse, you have a different mindset. Absolutely, and, and you know, inevitably, you play slightly different because you don't need to make birdies, yep. right? So you then, I, and I think, you know, what happened. I, I still, you weren't here uh, for the last one, but I still think the drive on fifteen was was as good a drive as he's probably hit in his career mm-hmm. because. He had just finished four bogeys, and Dustin's in front of him, one back. He puts that in the rough. I think there's a chance he loses. Yeah, and it was the hardest hole off the tee. And so, you know, once he started going south, the fact he could stop that bogey train is pretty impressive. I mean, I think you can draw the comparison to other sports. So I, I guarantee you, at some point on Sunday, he all he was thinking was, "God, I just want this round to be." Over. I just want to get to the 18th hole. down. Yes. And Nine it's, holes left. So he even said when he birdied 10 and had whatever the lead was, I don't remember now at this point, but it must have been five or six. I think it was six, it was, yeah. It was hard. He even acknowledged that I thought I had won. After. So now you're just 
just make a part of you know, now all of a sudden you make a bogey and and, and it's hard not to mm-hmm. think differently. The golf demons start yeah. speaking to you a little bit. Right? I mean it's no different than a you know, a football game with the way momentum goes that your team's winning and you know, you're just as a fan, you're looking at the clock and you're saying, I can't believe there's twelve minutes left in the fourth quarter. That's so much time and you just want there to be two minutes left because there's not enough time then for the team to come or back. The team that has the big lead stops playing and plays in a different way. Instead of if they're killing by passing the ball down the foot field, they become more well, conservative and they got a lead for that reason, for a certain reason, and they've gone away from it. Did he become less aggressive as a player? And more protective of that lead, of course. And did and but did that have an impact? Well, when you're playing the way he played the first two days, he probably felt that. I mean, he he knew where the ball was going every time he was swinging at it. That he was that in the zone. And then you get to Sunday, and in the back of your mind, you're saying to yourself, "Well, as long as you don't make a big number, you're fine." But you take something off because you say, "I don't need to be that aggressive. I don't need well, to swing as hard as I did Thursday." When you're hitting it well, you see fairways and greens. When you're not hitting it quite so well, you, <laughs> you see, see everything else. Bunkers and, and so, <laughs> That's true. and I, let's be obviously the elephant in the room. Harmon Killebrew would never have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I had a conversation about Harmon Killebrew on the phone. Just Why does that not surprise me? <laughs> I do I think we bring it up. That's I do think the conditions probably factored into no on Sunday afternoon. The wind, no doubt. He actually got a you know, it was a hard. So then, he, then he's probably saying, you know, great. I'm the last one out here. Yeah. I'm trying to win the golf yeah. tournament. Now the wind yeah. is blowing 20 totally. miles an hour yeah. on a really hard setup. And so. all right, should we go? Let's go to the semi lightning round. Uh, let's go on to this topic. I like it. Uh, the rain round. This is the rain round because of the way the weather is not warm enough for for uh, thunder, but. I want you guys to tell me where these current golfers uh, in today's game, PGA, where you think they're going to wind up once their career is over. And uh, so I've got I've got categories: all-time great, and and that I've got. He likes categories. I, I'm big on categories. He, he uh, does. Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods, Bobby Jones, top three. Uh, next level down: Palmer, Player, Watson, Ben Hogan. Uh, next level down below that, Faldo, Mickelson, Sebi Ballesteros, and then below that is David Duval. <laughs> Flash so, in the pan. So Walter Hagen had 11 majors. Let's well, ignore him. Sam Snead had seven. Let's ignore every him. Every single one, but I decided not to. <laughs> Go ahead. All right, we'll put Walter Hagen. No, no. Gene Sayers is staring at us, and he didn't even get a mention on the list. That's an oversight. I, I agree with you there. <laughs> so he's in the, where does Gene go? Palmer, Palmer uh, Watson player. Well, Gene Sarazen, yeah. Harry Varden, Sam Snead, Arnold Palmer, and Bobby Jones had the same number of majors. All right. Well, Harry Varden, uh, Varden, I'm not quite as in tune with his career, so my apologies to Harry. See right so, there? Okay, so now we're on radio, now we can see it, but that's called the Varden grip, just so you know. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that's been my problem over the years. <laughs> yes, you probably had harm. <laughs> right, did Rory. we mention Gary Player? Yeah, I, I think you did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rory McIlroy, what? Where's he going to wind up? What level do you think by the time it's over? Seve. He's in the Seve. He's he wants so. Uh, if I'm no modern European has won more than six. So Faldo is six. Seve is five. Um, I think I remember hearing Rory saying he wants to win more than six. I think it's going to be a tall order. So 
He'll be with Seve, and uh, and I'm not sure he's there yet either. By the way, I think he's with Seve and Sabo yet. It's 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 such a long time to project, though. I know. I mean, he's 30 years old. No. Right. So therefore, he needs at least yes, one, if not two more. He's got work to do. That's the fun of it: is to figure to take make the guess. I believe he will. I believe he'll win five or six total. He'll win one or two more. So he's got four in his twenties, and he, you say he's not going to get two more. In the next, what's he got? Fifteen years. I, I mean, no, I, I think he'll his the over and under for him would be two at most, maybe two and a half. But I take the under two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. One and a half number. is the probably over and under for him. Wow. All right. What would you take? So there you go. Uh, yeah. Just the fact you're hesitating right. says that's probably well, I've never at two and a half. I've never been a big Rory guy. At two and a half, what would you do? Um, just he's got ten more years at his best part of his game, and but he's, he's still the, there. I, I'm the going to the over. I'm here's take the, the point: over. is it his ten best years, or has he already played his ten best well, it's years? Possible, but uh, but uh, all I'm saying is, is uh, you know, in golf generally, the, your prime comes at about to, starts at twenty nine or thirty after the other sports, uh, uh, the team sports, it seems, and. I, can't, I, you know. I think that was true 20 years ago. I'm yeah. not sure it's as true now. Because you couldn't win when 25 years ago you came out on tour. You did not win your first year, and you certainly didn't win a major. Now they come out and they expect to win their, any tournament they play in. Maybe. So I think the nature of the younger player is different now. Well, I, I was based on the fact that it seems like top players play in their top form longer. You know, I get that. No, I get your point, but I'm, I guess what I'm also saying is, I'll, here's a question: Is John Rahm going to win more or less than Rory going forward? Right? Is Jordan Spieth going to win more or less going forward? I would think most people would say more. I agree, and so therefore, you start listing all the people you say more to. All of a sudden, there aren't any majors left mm-hmm. to win. Right? I mean, they're only four a year, and. I mean, you're, you're, I mean, we've talked about Ron. Would anybody be surprised if he won four and three? I would expect him to win three majors. He's going to win one. It's, it's he's much as it's going to irk me, and I'm going to turn the television <laughs> off. He's going to win one, no doubt. Soon, I mean, he's he's going to win more than one. He's too good. And see, that's the thing too. I took away the first show that we did. You said something about Tiger. It's with with these guys, and I, you know, our Roy's best days behind him. But I still think. For a lot of the guys, they're too good. They are really, really good. Totally and, and, you know, I think we all sort of know what the setup Roy likes is. If it's, if it's soft and, you know, he can bomb it. And, I mean, I think a lot of people thought Beth Page would be a good spot for him. And, again, he top 10 it. Okay, so I'm with you. But if it's soft, like, let's just say, when he won at um, Congressional, mm-hmm. I think it was. Yes. Wouldn't you... Take Kepka, yeah, or, or DJ. Right. And so, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's hard. It's just because they're, they're, and they're all really good. And anyway, do you find the days of our unknowns coming and winning a major might be past us for a while because there are so many good players? Probably. Don't you feel like that? that's it's less kind of likely to happen now? I mean, think about, again, like DeChambeau. Better or worse, he's going to win two or three minutes. Yeah. Don't you think? And so, Probably. 
I mean, look, it's know. it almost you think about people picking the PGA and who did everybody pick? Kepka and DJ. Well, I wonder why everybody picked them. Right. They finished one two. I mean, there's a reason. Right. Those, those guys are. This was perfect for him. Yeah. Well, now that being said, at Pebble Beach, I don't necessarily think of yeah. those two. I mean, the number of holes you don't have to hit driver. Now that being said, DJ should have won there the last time they were mm-hmm. there. He blew it, but. I think one of the reasons it's someone it's harder for someone to come out of nowhere to win is because the coverage is more extensive. There's more media. I think there's just more better players. Oh, there might be. I'm not saying there aren't. And I mean, Charlie Hoffman's a really good player, and he won't win one. no, I mean, and he's been in the last group on the weekend at Augusta, and the combination of the the pressure and I mean, look at poor Harold Varner. I mean, I get that he's just not ready for the moment, but there's a big difference. Somebody lose a ball. <laughs> and he had 20 in yards. Final group. He had a 20 <laughs> yards, and nobody's. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> nobody well, if he had those extra two minutes, he would have found Nobody saw. Yeah, that was it. I blame it on the rules. Rule change. All right, Dustin Johnson, where's he going to wind up? What's he got? He's got four second place finishes at uh, on majors. See, his kid is that he's win, too right? good to not win, but yeah. he sure has a knack for finding ways to not win. It's true. Um, you know, he can win when he plays well, but we, geez, I'm going to say he's going to win two more. That gets um, him to I'll take the over. That gets him to three. Yeah, I think he's, he's so that puts him in what, the Faldo territory? Yeah, that's, no, no Faldo's got two? six, so no. But I mean that level. How many is Mickelson got? Six, five, six. Mickelson has five. Five, yeah. Five, okay. And Seve's got five. All right, so we need a different level. David Duval just was more of flat. Duval two years flash in the pan. He had he, one major. Right, but what I'm saying is he was hot for three or four years and then basically disappeared. So, uh, all right. Um, I mean, he's more of a... In fact, Duval and Ian Baker Finch belong in the same category, <laughs> for better or worse. Right, all right. I mean, I'm just... Did anyone lose Andy it faster Duval? than Ian Baker Finch did? It was a pretty significant was, fall from grace. Yeah, it certainly was. All right, uh, Jordan Spieth. What level is, is he going to? He's got... I would, I would say he's three. I think he'll win more than Rory. I would say at least six. And he's got three? Is that many he has? Three? Three majors? <laughs> it's, to your point, isn't this funny? Well, I just said he'll win at least six. You know how hard it is to win a major tournament? Right. And I get he's won three, but... You know, pick the pick three more. It's so ridiculous. It's like, and we're just talking about how good the players are now. The rest of the, and you're going to have more young guys. Xander Shoffley, he's going to win multiple majors, I would guess. He's got game. Right. And you're right. So all of a sudden, you put all these people down with two and three wins. There aren't any left. Yeah. Especially if you're saying that Kepka's going to get to 10. I mean, you know. So what? So basically, what we're we're saying is, there's only one guy really in Kepka who we think has a chance to at least get to that all-time great. Or the yes, as long as we reserve the right to be able to change. It. <laughs> 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 Let's have this conversation in five minutes. <laughs> well, again, Kepka's playing so good; it's hard not to think that he's got a great run, and it's hard not to think if he has a great run. That he's going to beat all these players we've just named. Mm-hmm. Well, think about the t- the two guys that we had a chance. Uh, uh, Matt didn't see Nicholas at a younger age, but progressed. But but he got to see Tiger, and so did you. And I saw both of those guys. What were they like when they were twenty nine? And where where did you think they were going to wind up? 
I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that by that time, anyway, the Tiger was going to be one of the all-time greats and challenge Nicholas. Yeah, but he had already multiple. I mean, but I mean, won. from the beginning, from the first time I saw from the. Yeah, you know, but at 29, you're saying right. he was way past four. That's true. Right, right. and, and so. So probably um, four by then anyway. Right, <laughs> over. <laughs> right, right. Um, and Nicholas won pretty quickly too. And so they're they're the exceptions when you when you take out Harry Varden who played in the eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Um, I mean, not Harry, uh, Walter Hagen is what I meant. I mean, there are two people other than Walter Hagen who won double digit majors. Two. So when you say he's going to get to right. ten, that's that's. Mm-hmm. And Walter Hagen's was all match play, right? All of it. With, uh, no doubt. NBA. Now he was a great player, and, and uh, but he won a lot of match play events. He said he was scoundrel too. Yeah, he, enjo- he enjoyed the nightlife. Yes, great word, <laughs> great word, underutilized word, right, scoundrel. Let's just go Molinari. So it's interesting you bring him up. So I'm looking at the bottom of the list now. So we're we're anointing all these guys with three that they're going to win at least three more and get to whatever. But guys with one, you have Scott Rose, Jason no, Day. I didn't. I didn't win one. No, 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 no! You're confused. But it's you're I'm you're confused. confused for a long time, right? Um, Justin Thomas right. So is the number one. Justin Rose has played as good as anybody mm-hmm. for the last ten years, and do you think he's going to win another? Maybe. I mean, his Adam best Scott? His, probably not. And poor Justin Rose had such a good shot that your Sergio won at Augusta. Right. He was right there. Totally. But you know, those guys are still out there, and they're still playing. And right. I mean, it's. Again, you're just discounting those guys because they only have one. There's no reason to discount Justin Thomas or Jason Day. Well, I think I think if, I think Justin Thomas will win three or four. Majors. Probably, yeah. Jason Day may not win another. And well, and you know, ago, he, he just has such him. bad luck. Yeah. <laughs> but a few years ago, he looked like he was going to be a four. Or five no doubt, player. no doubt. So that is the that's the issue I think in, or to, for a lot of players. So is that is that a function of him just not playing as well? Again, I think is that there's more competition and he's not. I don't think he's played as well, right? And there is more competition, mm-hmm. so I think it's a it's a double edged sword. I mean, again, your best golf is generally for a really good player a smaller window, and is Jason Day a really good player or is he a great player? And what do we call a great player? Three majors, yeah. four majors. So is he just a real? So did, did Molinari's window close at the back nine at Augusta? And very honestly, I, when you seriously, say his name, I, I think he's going to be hard pressed to win another one. I would, I would agree. You think with Tommy you. Fleetwood's going to win one? Yeah, you would think he will, but yeah. again, it's hard. It's really hard. And I mean, Molinari, heck, for you know, everybody's talking about Kepka now. We, if Molinari had closed it out Sunday at the Masters, we'd all be talking about, you know, what a phenomenal... Right, right. You know, just right. blows everybody away in the British, and then he won the tour event by a million last year, and then he goes and wins the Masters. And one bad swing, really. Here's the difference with him. Three years ago, he was nowhere near the player mm-hmm. he is now. Yeah. So it's hard to think that he can play at the level that he did the last 12 months for a long period of time based on that he never did his whole life. He's 36. He's not that old. He is? He's 36, yeah. Well, I, don't, I, think, I think he had a great... Well, I'll take him off this list then. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was like 28. What about Eduardo Molinari? Yeah. No. no? No. Just trying to give him some shine. Yep. I thought he played for the Giants. So. Catcher. 
Well, if you had said he did, Eduardo Molinari played in the Masters, paired against Tiger, and his caddy was Francesco. Yep. (laughs) So, and Eduardo, we're sitting here at Lake Centipede Country Club doing the show. Eduardo Molinari beat A. Seaton in the quarterfinals of the U.S. Amateur. So we need, a, we need a category in between David Duval and Nick Faldo. So Raymond Floyd. I mean, Raymond won four. He won four. Three. He won four. That's pretty exceptional. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I would never label him as a great golfer. I labeled him as a really? danger. Well, I mean, great in the right. fact that. So I want to look at this. So four majors, and I'm going to guess he won over 20 tournaments. Yeah, I wouldn't be sure. He won 22 tournaments and four majors. I was thinking That's Hall of Fame. Well, I would, that maybe, is maybe. I, I not would, maybe. I would, maybe. Call him, I would call him, my impression of him was that he was dangerous. In other words, he could win, he could uh, he could get on a, once he got on a roll, he could be anybody, really. He really should have won the Masters when Fowler won, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, four majors, when you look at the list, again, you go through it, there's only been 29 in the history of the game who've won four majors. Yeah, you know, over. And then, and then you, you know, you get to the point where then he won twenty-two times on tour. That's moving you right past. And he also that gets you past Willie Park and Jim Barnes and Willie Anderson. <laughs> he's also the <laughs> oldest to win a major, right? Uh, I, I don't think Floyd? so. The oldest U.S. Open winner, but I think Jack's still at forty-six, wasn't he? The oldest? Yes, that's great. Well, forty-three was when he yeah. won the. He won, he won at right. Shinnecock um, when he was. I think sounds yeah, like forty-three now. Or something like that. No, 80s. Is that 80s? Could have been. 86. Yeah, 86. All right. All right. Let us uh, completely off, off of... Uh, let us... Hey, look. I'll, I'll, not that I want to take the last word, but I'm going to. But I mean, I think it's, it says a lot to have these conversations about, I think, the health of the game and the quality of what we're seeing right now. I mean, you look at the guys. I mean, what's Shoffley? 24, probably. He might be younger than that. But the, the, the group of guys in that 24 to DJ's 32, I think, range, is it's pretty staggering how much talent there is in that group. Agreed. It yeah. really is. And, then, and then you watch, I don't know if you will happen to catch any of the uh, NCAA golf, and you watch the kid mm-hmm. like Matt Wolf. Yep. I mean, so and they're just coming up. They keep coming. So then that, to my earlier point, people come out in their first year, they think they can and should win. Yep. Mason DeChambeau has been... Pretty impressive for what two, three years of mm-hmm. most on tour. And what do you attribute that to? Just more competition. From I think generationally, we always learn and are better than the one before. And this generation has learned from Tiger. And they come out and they are they are far. They're taught better. They they practice better. Their mindsets better. Their sheer abilities better. And they come out expecting to win. Conversely. Back to the other sports, uh, although they come in like in the NBA, it takes players longer now to become factors on teams. Now, part of that is guys are coming in at 19 and they're playing against grown men, but it takes most first-round draft picks three or four years to really hit their stride. Where you're seeing these guys are coming in at 21 out of college, and boom. So, um, Mike might speak to the level of how many good players there are. Maybe I don't know. Right. But uh, I mean, guys aren't getting to Major League Baseball any quicker than they used to. You know, guys are coming up at twenty three, twenty four, twenty five out of the minors, and they're not doing it. You know, and they're not starting off. 
Uh, look at Raphael Devers. Took him three years. Now he's he's turned into pretty good hitter. It's such a different game. It's hard yeah. to. Well, all I'm saying that. is, all I'm saying is, is, I'm not. It's interesting that age players are moving more quickly in golf at a younger age than they are. I think in it's other sports. I, I would so, argue it maybe is. It's just a function of the way those really good. They they're really good junior players. They're winning national events, and then they go to college, and they're really good college players. And I mean. You get to a certain point if you're that talented, and it becomes this, what's this process going to be to then get on the PGA Tour and then win a PGA Tour event and then win win a, a major championship? I think if you look at somebody like Xander Shoffley, I would bet that there's been a plan in place for him for a long time for how this was going to go for him to be a professional golfer. And he's getting, although his dad's his teacher, which, you know, so obviously a pretty good teacher. Right. Um, but, you know, it's it's this, like, all-in, everybody around him is committed to making sure that happens. And it's, you know, it's like there's this one singular goal that they're all, that they, yeah, they throw they everything at. get that, Tiger. Yeah. Right? I mean, so Tiger was a prodigy, and he was taught from a young age to be... So, again, I just think that each generation... It yeah, learns from the one before. That. Didn't work for Todd Moranovich, though. He's had that <laughs> maniacal father who started... <laughs> That's all they've done at yes. two years old, and the guy cracked up by the time he was 23. <laughs> and tennis has got a lot of burnouts, too, who are, you know, prodigy-type young players. Which makes me think of Rory. You know, I mean, Rory is so good, so young. Does that does that burn bright for longer? Or or did it burn already, and now it's inevitably not going to burn quite I as I mean, it's, it's hard not to... Reconcile that with his statements about golf isn't the most important thing in my life anymore, and he's married, and he has. And I think that's fine to have that perspective. Yeah, but he's almost saying he's giving himself an out for not winning. I agree with that. It's not like he's not making a good living. That's why I don't win anything. He doesn't have to play another hole golf, and he doesn't. So, but does that to to some people that would take away from your competitive edge? Yeah, and and but most. Great players, they they still have the ability, whatever the sport is, to keep playing. It's their motivation to keep themselves. I mean, he's won this year. He's already he's won this year. So a big, the fifth major won a big event too, right? So, all right, let's go to another time. We've been completely wrong the whole time, mm-hmm. and he'll win seven more. <laughs> and watch him win in two weeks. And right, we'll have to right. Mm-hmm. Well, no, the good thing is we can just delete this show from from. Uh, it's location. No, we it's up there forever. Right. Well, so I didn't first want to admit that before. I was completely wrong. All right. Let me uh, let's switch gears. I want to read this though. Uh, I want to. Uh, we have two. We're taping this on a Wednesday. It's going to be posted on a Thursday. So if you want to get into the uh, golf and ski twenty five hundred dollars shopping spree red, to register, you have one day by the end of day Friday. What time do stores close on Friday? Eight p.m. Eight p.m. So you have till eight p.m. on Friday. To get, in, to get into a golf and ski and register for the $2,500. It's legit. $2,500 is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It is. And uh, it is to celebrate your 30th year in business, correct? That's correct. Um, so you can register to win a golf and ski locations in Hudson, Greenland, and West Lebanon in New Hampshire, and Scarborough in Maine, and uh, try to win a $2,500 golf shopping spree and get all the details at golfskiwarehouse.com. But hurry! Stores close at 8 on Friday. Crazy yelling. Crazy. Crazy yelling. Come on, Dad. You ought to have him stand out in front of the store. Who's that guy in the Sandwich board. <laughs> <laughs> or just a sandwich. All right. I want to go to this uh, 
U.S. <laughs> Open story, um, which I guess surfaced actually because of a penalty on DJ at Oakmont. I think it's ago. I think it's more than that. Well, but uh, but the but the genesis of this post story says it's ten to fifteen players are seriously talking about. I don't know if this year, but boycotting the U.S. Open for a variety of reasons, and they figure they need twenty five because they're the show to really put a dent into this thing. Um, first of all, and the, and the issues are they're upset about unfair course setup, um, that they don't, the, PG, the USGA does not consult the PGA Tour, like the, the PGA Tour is involved in setup on every other event, and the purse has stayed the same. It's interesting that they don't, they don't threaten the same boycott at the Masters. <laughs> but it's, which is the same sort of mm-hmm. thing. So, but look, the USGA. Well, here's the third reason. The third reason is the rights fees went from 37 million to 93 million, and the purses stayed the same. I, so that really is where I think that's. I mean, that's a that's a touchy subject. I mean, speaking from experience, I mean the USGA has a lot of costs that the PGA Tour does not. And they've done a lot for state golf associations in the last few years, a lot, and invested a lot of money in what we're doing at the grassroots level. I, I don't, I don't, I think you could argue money that they didn't necessarily have to invest. Um, you know, there are a lot of initiatives at the USGA um, that I, 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 of all the arguments, sort of, that's the one. I, I just, I think it's unfair to say. Maybe not unfair is the right word, but I, I think it's easy to say, well, they have more money for this contract, but we're not playing for any more money. Well, you're not you're not looking at their books. You don't know where they've had to... But, but I think it's fair to suggest that they should play for a larger purse based on that TV money, just like every other major sport. Yeah. I mean, now... But I, I mean, I don't know... I don't so know. I think that's, that's they should play for a little more money. I think that's fine. I don't think it would have... It's well taken that there are greater costs, but the costs didn't go up that much more considerably before and after the TV contract. So they clearly have more revenue yeah. than they had before. So that's part I of it. Think- but look, it, this is a long-standing USGA is out of touch with the PGA Tour message and that the courses and the setups, they've been frustrated. This is... I don't think this is a Dustin Johnson at Oakmont issue. No. I think that was a strong... But the, you know, the USGA, and I, I'm not saying this is right or right or wrong... But the USGA wants something different than the PGA Tour wants. So this idea of why isn't the USGA consulting with the PGA Tour? Because the USGA doesn't care what the PGA Tour well, thinks think of their, exactly their course the, setup. The PGA Tour players are saying, but, but it's care. always been like that. I mean, this isn't a new so phenomenon. It's always right. It's, why, why, why are we Why are we talking about boycotting it now when it's always been like that? And you're right that Augusta is the same way. Sense. It sounds like a bunch of spoiled... I agree. I totally agree with that. Complaining. Now, that being said, I think that they deserve a seat at the table. I have no problem with a tournament committee having, which is why they at least brought in Nick Price, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. So they at least on some level recognize that having a player or two with a seat at the table offering input yeah. and opinions... Look at if nothing else, you know, you you you're in committees. Include, yep. make them feel like they're important and valued. It still doesn't mean you can't do what you think is right, but I do think, and the better you communicate, the less these little fires would. I do think that 
and maybe it's a function of the era we live in with social media and that kind of stuff, but I think that there's going to be more of an acknowledgement that they shouldn't be in love with par as a winning score anymore. That it's, in some years, that's okay. That's that's okay sometimes. And I think the argument also would be that they believe that people like Mike Davis are slightly out of touch. Yeah. And I'm not I mean, he's not, he's not even setting up the golf course anymore. Right. Which is, is right. pretty telling. It is. That, um, but I think the boycott's silly. It is silly. It's I mean, petulant, I think it makes I think. Him, I think it makes him look spoiling. It absolutely it does. That I should be able to go out there and shoot 65 yeah, or whatever. Yeah, screw up a lot. Absolutely. So, I mean, look so at Sunday's setup last year versus Saturday's setup. Saturday was absurd. We had the fill issue. And Sunday we had a guy putting for 62 on the 18th grade. <laughs> That's true. And you can't, see, from my perspective, you can't, golf course setup-wise, you can't have those wild swings. Right. You know, a couple years ago at the stroke play with Martell shot 20 under, um, you know, that's a guy just being in the zone. It wasn't like, you know, after... Well, third place was, what they, was third place under par? I think so, yeah. I mean, Damon... Damon by 10. Damon, yeah, Damon would have won in a normal by year. A yeah. So my point, I'm reinforcing, I think, what you're saying, which is... That was just good golf. Right, exactly. So that good golf happens. Yeah, you don't need to... If somebody wins by 10, that just suggests that someone was that much better. I agree. So let that person, I mean... But, but there's been a long-standing frustration with the U.S. Open. Unfortunately, you could argue it's the grandest event, and it's they've really sort of made enough mistakes where, honestly, the PGA, which is always fourth of four, has looked better than yeah. the U.S. Open. yeah. This story in the post intimated that part of the reason that Mickelson hit the ball when he doubled when he hit yeah, that pipe was that uh, it was either frustration to it. This said protest that seemed a little bit strong, but uh, that that was kind of some of that stuff bubbling over because he felt it was that unfair. I mean, I think your point last year when we were talking about that. that I mean, me as a viewer, I, I want to see them tested. And uh, so if they're over par, I don't really care if they're having to make good shots. But your point about being shots being unfair, like balls you know, roll way off the green from the middle of the green, that kind of thing, it, it seems like they... And they're allowed to lines the rub, right? I, I, I agree with you. I, I think generally speaking, the players have thought that they've tricked up great golf courses. And, and they've not let the great golf courses speak for themselves. Yeah, I mean, I, I always remember at Marion when Rose won. I think it was the 18th hole. It's a, it was a very long par four. They're hitting, so the guys are having to hit long irons in. They even have the hole location in the back of the green, which is typically what you want on a long par four. And guys are hitting it. It's hitting short or right on the green and still rolling off the back. If you've if you've set up a hole like that, that's a long par four where you, you can't reach, uh, hit the green. You can hit the shot that you're supposed to be hitting, and it won't stay on the green. That's ridiculous to me. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. One other point about this: uh, the idea about the rights fee and what you just said—they didn't get a chance to see their books, so they don't know what their additional expenses are. That's the argument that's been going on between players and owners or governing bodies since the beginning of time. That was. You know, the well, I mean, you can go. You can go look at the USGA's tax return if you want to. I mean, they're a five hundred one c three. It's 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 public information. But I just I don't disagree that there, there's a disconnect. I mean, look, if we got another ten thousand dollars sponsor for the state open, and the purse was the same, I'm sure we'd get 
as it is now, we'd get questions from players as to why you have you know multiple sponsors for thousands of dollars and the purse hasn't changed. What's what's where's that money going? But I I do think it's it's a little lazy just to assume that because there was this massive increase that all that money should be going into the purse for the U.S. Open. I mean, this is an organization that employs a couple hundred people. And again, they have other initiatives. They have, you know, the stuff with the rules. I'm guessing all that involved significant expense. And um, See, this is why now I'm just going to look like I'm carrying water for the USGA. Why do you think I put this in? I mean, I don't... Look, I don't know how food. I don't know. I people. I don't know how much of a secret. I mean, the, the USA lost money last year. I don't. I don't know how much of that I, I should have said or not. But that that is, I find that hard to believe. They lost money. I'd be curious. I'd like to see the balance, the income statement, because. Um, so they lost money overall. For the year, they lost money on the balance sheet. All right, well, I can't argue that one way or the other. I could. I may get shot. What? Right. <laughs> on my front door. The first big story that we've broken on this. Well, Matt just uh, lost I his don't. opportunity for a job. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be losing our status as, as the AGA. <laughs> or a better chance. Anyway. All right, let's go to some news and notes. Just uh, what would this show be without a segment on Tiger Woods? Uh, he's playing this week at the Memorial. Uh, he's moved to fifth in the world. He needs to. He's played two competitive rounds of golf since the since the Masters. Right. It's crazy. Is, is that probably why? Do you think since he played so? Well, no. So this is one of the you know this is one of his tournaments that he mm-hmm. always plays. Right. He's yeah. played there forever, and he's had great success. And this well, he's is won five times. I think. But he also won the chart at the PGA, and he took he hasn't played competitively since the Masters. So right. I'm wondering. I mean, maybe it was scheduled already. Probably Does he make scheduled. the cut? Um, I'll say yeah. So I had him yes. finishing in the top 25, but not the top 10 at the PGA, and I was wrong. Yeah, I, you know, he, he, how do you say he's going to miss the cut? He probably won't miss the cut, but I don't think he'll be yeah. in the top 25. When are we doing picks? At the end, final word. Um, Tony Finau, by it's the way. It's a category. He's got a <laughs> yeah. name for it. Hey, this is, uh, We're in news and notes. We're on, not on final words. Sorry. Right. Well, news and notes are supposed to lead off the show, so... Yeah. This is where we're. Uh, One wonders though if our listeners are starting to wonder when the end's going to be. Yes, well, it's coming up. We've got uh, we've been fifty <laughs> minutes and twenty eight seconds into the show, and uh, pretty good. If uh, yeah, considering we're this is like we've established that every active player under thirty five is going to win at least three more majors. Yeah, so no, right. Rory's not. <laughs> Rory's the only one. <laughs> Tiger had a fundraising event this week, and uh, Tiger Jam. And it was uh, the annual fundraising event, and the the largest single donation to the event was uh, there was an auction. I had to pay $75,000 to be his caddy for an event in the first week of December, I think. His own tournament, maybe, or something? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't don't know that I would pay $75K for that. Oh, I'm quite sure you wouldn't. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, this thing's called... Would that be fun? So... We've had a theme of over and unders. What is the over and under of you paying to the caddy for Tiger? I was going to say, well, there's home equity loans and things of that nature. So, so how much would you pay to the caddy for Tiger? I'd want the 75 for him to pay the caddy for me, personally. Fair enough. <laughs> no. I'll play it. Yeah. I don't know that that's very saleable. But yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So, so does this mean Joe's on the outs? 
Time's no, up. No, no, just no it's, it has nothing to do with that. No, this is just, the, I, don't know if, I don't think it was an auction. I think it was just, that was the price to do it. And somebody's going to do it, yeah. I'm sure. I think somebody, somebody did already did. Right? Yeah. yeah. All right, and finally uh, on Tiger, uh, Jack Nicholas, of course, surfaces at the... At, uh, his, his own tournament. tournament. Right. And it's nice to see that he, that he is. But he was talking about Tiger at the Masters. I mean, he was fishing in the Bahamas, so I'm not quite sure how he saw it. But he said he knew on the 12th hole in the final, on the back nine, that he was going to win when guys were going in the water and he hit it in the middle of the green. That's what he said. I guess he wasn't watching that second shot on the 18th hole. <laughs> when, which was pretty scary to me, but he's got a better eye than I do. But that's what he had to say. Uh, NCAA tournament, you already... You've already blown that one out too, Matt Wolf from Oklahoma State. Well, and Matt Wolf got blown out yesterday. So. Yes, Texas beat him, um, and then Texas lost today. So Stanford he, is your national champion. He, mm-hmm. he went out in forty for his first nine in the tournament, before, uh, and he came and back to win. Blew the field away. Yeah. So where does it sounds familiar? What does that sound like? Huh. Tiger's first win went out in forty and blew away the yep. field. That is true. I just wanted to ask you, State Ann, qualifying is up and running. You've started mm-hmm. to, you've got, had, had one earlier in the week and one tomorrow, which will be the day that this comes out. So it'll be yep, today. we're at peace today when folks are listening to this. Or Thursday, the, what's today, the 29th, Thursday the 30th. Um, are you hampered by the weather and all this? Are people signing up to qualify? or? Yeah, I mean, registration's been slow. I think a lot of it has to do with the weather. Nobody's played golf. Nobody's played competitive golf. Um, so do you expect a surge toward the end for people qualifying? I mean, it's it'll start or to pick up. I mean, the last qualifier is not till June 30th, so we'll have we'll have quite a few yeah, the register for, for that. I hope June so. first Saturday, too, isn't it? It doesn't feel like June No, it doesn't. It's, it's I not. I sweater on today. I mean, it's, well, and we're at Baker yeah, Hill Saturday and Sunday, which means it's it's time for 40 and rain again at some right. point. That's right. That's, I mean, that's tradition it's tradition at, at, at the players. Well, didn't you just have a, an event that you had a couple June 1st, I had a fundraising event, the Jeff Julian fundraising event. 15 years ago or whatever it was and uh, it was June 1st and it was the absolute coldest day of golf you would ever want mm-hmm. to play in. So I will say that uh, the long range forecast looks moderately favorable good. which is good. is good though. How's the course? Did, I know we've had some challenges with the courses and coming through the winter up north so do you yeah, I mean, it's, you know, places out on the seacoast seem to have come through pretty good, yep. all things considered. Um, but we've, it they really, don't. it's, I, I haven't been up there. Okay. I mean, I know they open later than probably normal. Right. Um, heck, I know Ball Peak just opened Friday. Did they really? Yeah, so north of Concord, it's, there's really been a, a distinct line of, I think, maybe more so than even in past years of where golf courses got hit harder than others. And it's, and it's a shame because most years you can handle it and say, okay, now spring's going to come and it's going to get warm and we'll be able to grow grass and fill in the spots where there was winter kill. And we just not had the weather for it. It's just been brutal. Yeah. I, I have never seen it. A season start slower than this one. Right. I mean, as, as you know, I only play if I can wear shorts and I right. think of shorts on. And you know, the, the, the unfortunate thing. springs you see, and it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's true. And I remember every one of them. <laughs> you know, it's da- and it's like days that the daily fees, they don't, get ba- they don't get them back. Right. They really don't. No. So it's a shame. No All right, let's uh, move to this week. We've got, uh, well, first of all, last week at the, uh, is it the Charles Schwab at Colonial? I think yeah. that's the official. Right. I went down and checked yep. the name. Didn't I sure. pick Kevin Nye? I think I 
Uh, all I know is Tony Fina made a nice comeback. He came in second. <laughs> nice. There you go. But uh, Kevin Na pulled the Matt Kuchar, the opposite. It was a 360 degrees of Matt Kuchar. He wins by three shots, wins a 1973 Dodge Charger. What are they? The uh, Starsky and Hutch. The, the, uh, anyway, he gives it to his caddy, Kevin Arms. So you think that was inspired by the blowback from Matt Kuchar? Or no. Just a good guy. No, but... But poor Cooch, poor Cooch get, gets thrown under the bus because another player was generous to his caddy. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do? I think, unfortunately, Cooch is... Uh, he made his bed. Sorry, sorry. I, agree. Yeah. I agree. I picked uh, uh, Spieth to win, but... He, was he played well. Yeah, he played well. He played but well. Tony Fino, after a disastrous last round, he came in second, so he's hot. All right, let's go to the Memorial. Scott, one of your favorite tournaments? I love the tournament. I love the golf course. The golf course is so hard, and I always laugh when I see them shoot 10, 15, and 20 under mm-hmm. because the day I played there, I just it was so hard. But it's a great golf course, great atmosphere. It's a ball striker's golf course. You know, I mean, who's won in the past? You look at DeChambeau, you look at Justin Rose, I mean, Tigers. Matt Hamas has a really good record there. Um so, Cooch, Cooch is going to win. Cooch has a real good record Cooch there. Cooch is going to win. That's Cooch my prediction. Yep, that's my prediction. I'm not even the final word yet. Oh, hold, darn it. Hold that pick. All right. Uh, <laughs> but no, I think it's someone who is solid tee to green. Who, I think that's who wins at Memorial. There are no fluke winners at Memorial. Now, Nicholas, he designed, is that the first course he designed? Uh, I don't know if it was his first, um, but it was the one, it's his baby, right? And so... Right. His first major was at Muirfield, and so he named this Muirfield Village after his first major. Um, and I can't tell you it was his first one. I think he might have had something to do with uh, Hilton Head there with Pete Tide did it together. Maybe. But anyway, the point is that it's his pride and joy. Right. Um, and so no expense spared. He changes things constantly. And, and, but it's, it's a great golf course. It gets a great field. Partially because of the course, partially because of the host. Mm-hmm. The one thing they've always had is bad luck. The weather there, in the, the whatever, yeah. they seem to always get bad luck. And I don't know, there have been tornadoes ripping through that okay. area for two weeks now. Yep. So cross your fingers about the weather. But um, I love watching the tournaments. One of my favorite non majors. Don't want to jinx it, but has a, has a tornado ever sat down in the middle of a PGA event? But not that I know of. <laughs> also, Dublin, Ohio, home of Sean Corrali, Brady Quinn. Oh, isn't that funny? You uh, go to your right, sport, so and I go to mine. That's right. Mine, one of us actually is still more, you know, appropriate. Brady Quinn. What What's inappropriate about that? When was the last time you've played? Oh, it's been years. So, right. So, he's on so Fox Sean Sports. And I don't know. know. You have no idea who Sean Crowley is, I figured. I mean, it's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> he was a number one star of game one of the Stanley Cup final yesterday. Right. And, the and, third uh, goal. Third Monday. goal. Monday. Third goal. Yes. Got an assist on Connor Clifton. You know, it's nice something's happening for Boston sports fans. Something good. I, how about the poster there, the billboard they had? It's been 108 days since we won the last <laughs> That's year. A that is a great I mean, it's a, listen, I'm a Boston fan through and through and have been my whole life, but boy, it would be obnoxious if you weren't because they keep winning. So it's I, unbelievable. As a non-Boston sports fan, it is, it's at the same time insufferable, but I'm also jealous. I mean, I don't, any, any, 
any fan of a particular city's teams who tells you they're not jealous is lying. It's really crazy, right? It is. I tell my boys are 26 and 23. You have no idea. You are completely spoiled. Right. Because <laughs> yes. you have, they only know Tom Brady. You know, the Bruins last time they won was 72, so mm-hmm. they know nothing about that. Sox, well, we know that was... 19, whatever the heck it was. I mean, so they have no idea. They're completely spoiled. It's not even like a baseball thing. They think what's the problem with the Celtics because they've been one since the Just think about they're it. They're the other achievers. It's so disappointing this year. They could have four ranking at the same right? time. And the Celtics were disappointing. Yes. So, um, how yes. about Kyrie talking about going playing with LeBron? I mean, that would. I'm not an NBA guy, but talk about ridiculous. Well, Especially be, after the big deal he made to leave. Oh, my God. He would look like a fool if he went mm-hmm. and played with LeBron. Yeah. You think about how LeBron and Chris Bosh got hammered for going to Miami to play with Dwayne Wade and that trip that group. Can you imagine Kyrie with his tail between his legs slinking? You know, the only one I can compare is when Rick Pitino quit in Miami and said he was going to come back for a press conference and never came back to Boston because he was too afraid. Or, uh, well, Kyrie would never face. come back to Boston. If right. No kidding. That's, that's the truth. You know, it's, it's like there's a comparison. The Celtics got swept in the 83 playoffs by Milwaukee. And, you know, everybody was up in arms. And Red Auerbach said that the worst thing you can do is to make a decision when everybody's emotional. But Bird went back to Indiana and put himself through that, you know, the, Rigorous. the, the, the Junction Boys type summer. Uh, to come back and be better. Kyrie has the same kind of a series and looks like he's just going to put his tail between his legs and walk out. Is that a statement about millennial players or in general or just him or but so and as uh, who was it Jalen Rose said on TV whatever the name of the morning show is on ESPN he says and his teammates will pack his bags for him when he leaves. <laughs> well, look at the stuff with Kevin Durant. People are actually asking him if it's bothering him that the team's doing so well without him. I mean, it's, and it's he's just, become a real thin skin type guy. Yes, too. he has. All right. Anyway, so you're picking. Final word. Oh, hold on. Oh, I'm telling you, Cooch is winning. The official name of this. All right, now it's time for the final word. Scott, your pick. Uh, I'll take Matt Kuchar. Matt Kuchar. Hmm. All right. Well, you really slow played that. <laughs> All right, and, and what's he going to give the caddy? Is he going to be another $5,000? Poor Cooch. <laughs> You want to talk about social media, wondering what, how much the caddy got out of that one? No, his, now keep in mind, his caddy that he has full-time is a good friend and a great caddy, and I'm sure he's been very generous with him. Yeah. Right. I mean, probably got to, instead of go to 10%, probably got to give him, it's probably more expensive, go 15%. I should have paid him normal, so I wouldn't have people looking at me like that. So, who else? Right, come on, we need up Cooch enough. Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Come on, that's... You got to be able to make a putt. He'll 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 do enough on the greens to win. Okay. It's been a long time since he won, and may a cold drink that Cooch beats Adam Scott. <sighs> well, this will be two if I lose. <laughs> you don't seem to want to pay up, so <laughs> hmm. two two beers. I, I well, think I'm getting one. Uh, well, this will be two total if and when I lose. So, okay. I mean, look, I you know. I, I feel better picking Adam Scott than I do picking Hideki. You haven't answered my question. Oh, yes. I'll take the bet. Oh, thank you. I'm taking the bet. Okay. So Dave? You're going, Scott. I'm sticking with Tony Finau until he wins. <laughs> I don't care if I go with Tony Finau. Dave this week. If Dave buys a racehorse, he's going to name him Tony Finau. <laughs> 
He just, I, you know, I'm, I, the reason I pick him, or the reason he's. What do you think you would name yours? What's that? What would you name your horse? My like a fan in a rock or something. <laughs> what, do, what do you think you would name yours? I'm just. That's, that's so inside. It's very funny. <laughs> but they're really something that I get it, and, and that's what really makes it funny. <laughs> Groucho Marx. <laughs> no, you would clearly be Harmon Kellerbrook. Yes. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for us here on uh, Preferred Lock. It's quite the way to end. Official podcast of Harmon Kellerbrook <laughs> and New Hampshire Golf. I'll close by saying My mother listens, you thanks know. to our presenting sponsor, Dolphin Speed <laughs> Warehouse. For the best selections, service, and savings, swing by Dolphin Ski Warehouse in Hudson, Greenland, and West Lebanon in New Hampshire, and in Scarborough, Maine. Learn more about all that and get directions to those locations at GolfSkiWarehouse.com. See you next week, everyone.